very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your tooth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to enjoy tonight's full interview and every single interview we've done for the past few years, since the beginning just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. Don't wait. I know you want the truth. And if you want to upgrade your life, go to SanitasRadio.com and listen to what we have to offer there. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. And if you want to contact me, you want to write with feedback, want to be a guest on this radio program or offer a suggestion or have questions, I'd love to hear from you. Go to a VeritasRadio.com and click on the contact link. Tonight, we have a very special program for you with someone I have tried to have on for years. So I want to thank our friend Greg Caton for helping to arrange this interview. Tonight's special guest is none other than Dr. Patrick Flanagan, who invented the Neurophone in 1958 at the mere age of 13. The Neurophone, a neurological efficiency optimizer, is an electronic nervous system excitation device that transmits sound through the skin directly to the brain. In other words, it accelerates learning at an incredible speed. He received his U.S. patent in 1968. The invention earned him a profile in Life magazine, which called him a unique, mature, and inquisitive scientist. Flanagan, at age 11, developed and sold the guided missile detector to the U.S. military. Age 17, gained his air. And instead of continuing to read his bio, which would take me a very long time, I have placed it on our website, but I'll let Dr. Flanagan tell us. He joins us directly from somewhere in South America. Hello, Dr. Flanagan, and thank you for joining me. How are you? Hi there. It's a pleasure. Thank you. It's, uh, um, well, what can I say? It's really amazing what we can do today on, uh, on, um, the internet <laughs> with technology i can actually put this out there and in a few seconds people around the world might see it but you had a, a storm or are continuing to have a storm where you are so i apologize firsthand to the listeners if we have uh, some trouble with the the sound we're trying to do the best we can we may even get disconnected a few times so please bear with us at least this is pre-recorded so we'll we'll make post edition uh, changes so that uh, it is as seamless as we can. And I, I really don't know where this interview will take us, folks, but I, my inquisitive mind 
I hope we can go as far as we can. Why don't we start from the beginning? When I when I heard that you created the Neurophone at the age of 13, but you also had some inventions prior to that. Tell us, well, well, hold on, before that, I think of Tesla. I was jokingly saying to you that I've had a few people telling me, when are you going to have Tesla 2? And I was wondering why they said that. But then I looked at October 11th, 1944. That's your birthday, right? Yes. And mine is October 18th, so we're both Libra. And then we have uh, uh, Tesla, who died on January 7th, 1943. Do you believe that uh, maybe something happened with his soul and you uh, he reincarnated in you? Well, you know, I've, I've come to the conclusion that none of us are separate entities, that we're all part of the universal mind, and that the more we think we're separate, uh, the the more problems we have in the world, you know, uh, th- because I think we're all one on in a level of consciousness. And but when I was uh, a child, uh, I was able to tune into the consciousness of Tesla, and uh, uh, let's say Universal Data Bank or whatever. And I told my mother, uh, I said that uh, I said, my, my real name is Nikola Tesla. And she said, who's that when I was a kid? And, uh, but uh, I, I don't know if, if I'm a reincarnation of Tesla. I just think that some of us, excuse me for a minute. Just think that some of us can, um, can tune into the universal communication you know, universal uh, library, you might say. When you told your mother, when you told your mother Nikola Tesla, the, the, the name Nikola Tesla, did you know who he was, or did you just utter the words? No, no, I just uttered the words, and uh, and um, we went to the library and and uh, and found the biography of Nikola Tesla. And uh, but it, it's not surprising because when when my son was. This is a crazy, well, it's not a crazy story, it's a true story. But when my son was, um, I named my son John Patrick, family names, and when he was three and a half years old, he said, he said, uh, Dad, he said, my name's not John Patrick. And I said, well, what's your name? And he said, my name is Wing Angel. And I said, really? And he said, yes. And he said, my wife, Smokey lives in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and I'd like you to call her on the phone. And so my wife and I picked up, you know, we picked up the phone and dialed information and got information in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and I asked for a smoky angel and I got a telephone number. And so we called her and she said, uh, she said, my husband Wing died, uh, you know, like five years ago and he told me he'd come back to me and so it's so we my wife and I packed up you know our bags and we flew down to Cocoa Beach Florida and uh, the strange thing is as I had a gold Rolex watch you know uh, when when he was a baby and and when he was much younger crawling around he grabbed my watch and and uh, he wouldn't let go of it, and he'd say mine. And I'd have to peel his fingers off of it. But anyway, when when he told me about that his name was Wing Angel, and we called information and found a smoky angel, we 
went we flew down to Florida to meet Smokey, uh, my wife and and Wing and and I and um, and so uh, we arrived at um, in in Cocoa Beach, Florida. Rented a car, went out to Smokey's house, went up, knocked on the door. Wing ran in and hugged her, and uh, and then um, after after we. We talked for a few minutes. Uh, Wing said, where's my stuff? And uh, so she went back in the back bedroom, and she came out with a cigar box, and she opened the cigar box, and the very top thing among all these stuff in the cigar box, the very top thing was a gold Rolex watch identical to mine. Oh, wow. And so uh, so that that was pretty wild and anyway so we visited her and and then uh he and she would talk about things they did together in his last night they just talk about people they knew and things they did and all this stuff and um so what did she say uh, well she she believed totally in that this was possible and she said wing said he'd come back to me and so so was Wayne involved with NASA, by the way, since this was in Cocoa Beach? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's what I thought. When he, yeah. And so anyway, so so we uh, we packed up Smokey, and she sold her house, and, and we packed her up, and we flew her back out to California. We lived in Altadena, California at the time. And, um, and uh, Smokey moved into one of the spare bedrooms uh, of the house, and it was a big <laughs> wow. size bed. And, and and Wing, the little you know three and a half year old, and her slept in that bed together. And um, <laughs> and and then um, um, if we went to a party, you know, we all went together. And and Smokey was like his his um, you know his nanny, and um, and Wing would walk around holding her hand. And and when we'd meet people, Wing would say, uh, "Hi, my name is Wing Angel, and this is my wife, Smokey." No, everyone would laugh. And uh, so um, so Smokey lived with us, and and all they did is talk about things that um, that they didn't, you know, did together. And uh, so anyway, one day um, they were talking, and and. Uh, and and we were riding in the car, and Hawaiian music came over the radio. Hawaiian, and mm-hmm. and so uh, Wing said that reminds me of England. So I I go okay, kid. I've had enough of this stuff. You know all about you talking about everything you did together and all that. But this time you're wrong. I said that's music from Hawaii, not from England. And then Smokey said, well, we lived in this little town in England. And and we stayed at this hotel called Yieldy Felbridge Hotel, and they had a swimming pool where Wing would sit around and read or write, and they played Hawaiian music 24 hours a day around the swimming wow. pool. <laughs> and so this stuff went on and on, and then within when Wing was um, um, 13 years old, uh, he started getting you know like interested. I had a little got a little girlfriend in, in school and Smokey was so upset by the fact that he got a little girlfriend. He's cheating that, on her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It created a real, real big upset. And so, um, we, we had to pack Smokey up and we sent her off to live with her sister. And, 
And that was the last of it. And my son is now 44 years old, and and uh, he's married to a Chinese girl, and uh, and uh, she's a, a, a Christian. And Wayne called me up a few months ago, and he said that. He said, I don't know what to tell my wife because she doesn't believe in reincarnation and doesn't think it's in the Bible. And, of course, we know that the Bible's been edited and and things have been, you know, dropped out. And when they sure. found the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found some some things in there that, uh, uh, you know, talks about reincarnation. And um, but he says he says he started talking to me. And and you know he, I was in a movie called The Outer Space Connection, and uh, this was in the in the seventies, um, and and it was. Um, Alan Landsberg was the director and producer of this movie, and and I was in half the movie, and, and it was a. Uh, um, I had written a book called Pyramid Power, published in 1973, and it went on to become a uh, a bestseller, and I self-published because no publisher uh, would would take it, and they said, "Nah, I don't think anyone would care for your book." So I borrowed five thousand dollars, and I. Um, I uh, published 5,000 copies of Pyramid Power. I paid for it, and it was under the name of uh, Divorce and Company, a small publishing company in Santa Monica. And uh, and so I, I I was able to get 5,000 copies for $5,000. And and so uh, I started distributing the books, getting them to bookstores, and and I did some radio shows and things, and it took off like wildfire. And I ended up selling a million and a half copies of Pyramid Power at you know ten dollars a copy, and um, and that that I before that I had done a lot of consulting for companies and I consulted for uh, the government for uh, the Naval Ordnance Test Station, U.S. Navy Naval Intelligence, uh, the CIA, different things, and. Um, during the Vietnam War, we had a, a dolphin communications project in Hawaii. Before you go there, if, if you don't mind, I apologize for interrupting you, but I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you were in this movie, The Outer Space Connection. Alan Landsberg, I mean, he's known for to a lot of science fiction people. He did other ones, but he always had, if I remember correctly, Rudd Serling as the narrator. Am I correct? Yeah, Rod Sherling was the narrator of of our movie. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. And it was a, a, yeah. basically a documentary that explored the controversial theory that extraterrestrials explored the Earth in the distant path past. So before right. ancient aliens came to History Channel, there were people like Landsberg and Rod Sherling discussing this topic in the seventies, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And so. So anyway, so the movie was a big success. It was one of the first, let's say, documentary dramas uh, that went into theatrical distribution in regular movie theaters throughout the world. And and for about 10 years, I couldn't go anywhere in the world. Uh, Everywhere I went, no matter where it was, in Japan or, or anywhere, people would recognize me and ask me for my autograph. And so... So one day, uh, after we had completed the Outer Space Connection, I told Alan this story about my son, Wing. And he said, oh, my God, Patrick, this would be a multi 
billion dollar success or multi-million, I think he said. And he said, he said, we've got to do a movie on, on your son and, and we can interview him and we can interview his wife, Smokey. And, you know, his, you know, his previous wife and, and all this stuff. And he got so excited. And I said, I, at that time, wing was nine years old. And I said, um, Alan, I said, it's not my decision. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, I said, I have to ask, you have to ask Wayne. And he said, he's only nine years old. And I said, you still have to ask Wayne. Because, you know, he, he was talking like an adult. It's his story. Hmm. And so we had a meeting, and, and I brought little nine-year-old Wing in and Smokey and and my wife. And we were in there, and, and Alan Landsberg gives him this pitch. He says, oh, man, you know, this this will, you'll be worth a hundred million dollars and and you'll be famous and he went on and on and on about selling you know selling wing about it and wing looked him in the eye and it brings tears to my eyes because he said that alan landsberg he said no he said it's my story and i won't do it and um and alan landsberg got so mad at me he was so pissed that that he never spoke to me again, and uh, and even wow. published a book about the movie, and and he took me right right out of the book. I was in the movie, half of the movie was about me, but when he published the book on it uh, after the movie came out, uh, he didn't mention me, and because he was so mad that I would you know force my son to do the story. And I, today, I don't know if I was right, but it was Wing's life. And um, so I had to honor that. Did Wayne any, have any regrets later in life about your decision? I don't know. Wing, Wing is, you know, is a real genius, and, and he can write and produce, and he's even produced a small film that is amazing um, recently. And... Uh, and he's, I guess, submitted it to some of the film festivals and things like that. And it's brilliantly done. And I bought him a, a $15,000, you know, Mac computer to edit this film that he wrote. And, and it's quite dark, uh, but it, it's a very interesting film. And, and recently, anyway, uh, like I say, he called me and he started talking about his past life. And he had written some songs when he was Wing Angel, and he used to play them on the guitar. And I said, Wing, this is a very recent phone call. I said, Wing, do you remember this song? And and I started singing the first verse, and he he did five verses. And I didn't even know the other five verses. I only knew a couple of them. And um, so he remembers even now, and he's 40, I guess 44 years old, and... Uh, and and he he's revisiting it. I don't know what happened, like you know, with Smokey and 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 all that when we shipped her off. And and he never talked about it at all for the rest of his life until recently when he called me and started saying, "Dad, do you remember when uh, Smokey came to live with us and this and that?" And I said, "Of course." And then and then I I started to tell him a little bit about it, and then he just finished everything I said. So. He he did not lose the memory of it is what I'm really trying to say. He's he's fully cognizant of it uh, even now. Yeah, because usually people 
I remember having a similar situation when I was young. My my parent, my family immigrated from Cuba, and I had a, a great aunt walking with me on the street, and in in the Caribbean, in another island. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.